Bye. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libroquipicalist. Today, my friends, is her video games day. That's Thursday, the word and day that is, combined with video games. The word and thing that is. So what it is, is... Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I do not try to censor myself what, so, never. So, there is. Oh boy. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million credits. Ha 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 Ah, no, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow bigger. Not grow smaller, because that is a thing that in English can be used. Grow smaller. Oxymoron, I suppose that would be. Oh boy, again. Well, all that said, so far, will of course take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsors. Yes, that's correct, sponsors, with with an S on the end, pluralized, for the reason that I have a double sponsor today. Wow, what does it mean? Today's sponsors are the Virility Energy Drink, as well as the Raptor News Network. Hmm. Once again, today's sponsor are Virility Energy Drink, as well as the Raptor News Network. Thank you to them for sponsoring this. So, so very nice of you. Uh, let's hop right in to this Perfect Games Day episode in which I will be discuss- disgusting. I hope I won't be too disgusting, but you never know where the winds may take us. Where I will also be discussing DMC, which is followed by a colon and then the words Devil May Cry. So basically, if I get this correctly, the title of this video game is Devil May Cry, colon, Devil May Cry. Because that's what DMC stands for. That is a stupid title. For a game which uh, is known for its craziness of story, some may even say stupidness of story. If you do use the word stupidness, it's kind of ironic for the reason that you are stupid, and I don't believe um, that is a word. So, you know, yeah, but still. Yeah, but still. I like a crazy, ridiculous stupidness story, so uh, I don't mind that this series kind of as a whole and definitely this one in particular, strays into the absurd story-wise. It's got that sort of uh, Japanese flair to it, that uh, if you play video games and play a lot of them, and a lot of varied ones, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say that Japanese flair for the craziness. Metal Gear Solid is probably your prime example, but uh, this treads some of that strange 
two Westerners ground that uh, I actually like. I, I very much like weirdness of the Japanese. I have, in my movie-watching career, if it can be called a career, watched a lot of uh, super, super violent, over-the-top, ridiculous Japanese splatter fests, let's call them, and they all have that sort of same feel to it. Uh, someone, I am sure, out there has pinpointed what makes that feel better than I am going to do here, because I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about the game itself, which opens scene number one, numero uno, if you prefer, on the bad guy. Yeah. The main bad guy for this game. His name is Mundus. Mundus. That's a, sure, pretty a pretty bad sounding name. Uh-oh. You have to go against him go against Mundus? Oh, you're going to die. Yeah, sure, I'll buy it. Scene number one sets it up for how bad this bad guy is. He's on the phone with the president of the United States, <laughs> and he's uh, sort of bossing him around a bit to the point where he's even threatening him that if he doesn't come up with $1 trillion by Friday, then uh, he's going to shut the whole American economy, economy down. Oh, Mundus. Uh, apparently, Mundus, head sort of demon of Earth, because you may not be aware, Earth has been overrun by demons. Your average, everyday Joe Blow, like myself, is unaware of this fact. You're sort of working behind the scenes, like this Mundus character, who has used the global economy, econ oh, economy uh, and specifically debt, to put all or most of the nations in debt, in debt to him. Therefore, he's kind of the man running the show behind the scenes. Badass. Badass indeed. I like uh, setting up right at the beginning how bad your bad guy is going to be. It's, uh, it's, I think, a good, uh, good idea. I think probably would have just thrown in maybe him killing some puppies and babies just to really, really hit home the point that this is a bad man. Uh, it sounds kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of that one thing in his way, or maybe even he describes it as a loose end, is a man by the name of Dante, who is going to be our protagonist for this story, the man who we are going to be controlling with our video game controller. That guy. When we are introduced to him, he's waking up in his trailer home, hungover. He was at the strip club the night before, He's got kind of that uh, a little bit of the anti-hero about him, which uh, I can appreciate. I don't like uh, like Superman, for example. That sort of super super clean cut, always good hero can be boring. I think in this day and age, whereas someone like Batman, who's a little more rough around the edges, uh, adds a, a level of interest that I don't think is there when it's just totally black and white. So Mundus has sent a. Uh, hunter demon after Dante. Oh no, a demon of the hunting variety. This hunter demon shows up, tears his home apart, so obviously he's not too happy about this. Luckily, as far as fighting abilities, I'm pretty super badass. I'm, I'm gonna perhaps step into the saying I when referring to this character because I am in his role, if you feel me. Yeah, feel me. Uh, this is our first example at this point of how Dante is, as they say, pulled into limbo. Uh, basically, I was going to say most, but no, uh, all of the, the real sort of action sequences within this game 
are when Dante is in limbo. Limbo is a religious term, sort of world between ours and heaven and hell, I guess. If you want to boil it down, that's how you could describe it. Strangely, in this game, though, it is much, much more hell-like, because there's lots of demons, everything kind of goes scary-looking. I don't know. The art style within this adds an air of scare. Yeah, sure, that makes as much sense as anything I ever say. Art style. Why don't I mention? Very, very good. I like the look of all of the monsters. I like the look of the areas you are traveling through. Very, very cool. I'd give super, super high five out of five marks for the art style. Dante looks a little emo for my taste. A little uh, effeminate, perhaps. But uh, again, you know what? That's kind of a very Japanese thing as well, that their, uh, their main hero characters might have that sort of a feminine look to them a little bit. It is not unusual. Okay, so this first trip into Limbo, I'm helped out of Limbo by a woman by the name of Kat. K-A-T. Uh, she is just a human, a regular human, whereas I, Dante, we learn shortly after, am not. She has the ability to see into Limbo, and uh, periodically over the course of the game will pull me out of Limbo into the real world. So that's kind of where I do some of my cutscenes, do some of my traveling from point A to point B is in the actual real world. And then uh, it's almost as if then I will hop into the actual quote unquote levels themselves in which I will be in limbo, kicking ass and taking names. So Kat here and Dante, there's always kind of that hint of uh, she's a bit of a love interest. Nothing ever happens, which uh, I kind of appreciate. Just that it didn't feel like a tacked-on sort of thing. It just felt like here's two people fighting the good fight who develop uh, feelings for, towards one another but are not sort of immediately in love, which seems unrealistic in a lot of video games. So, And, and she's not a weakling. She's uh, She helps them along the way, saves their lives repeatedly. I say there because our first stop after this initial encounter is to go meet the Order. Oh. Whenever you call something the Order, probably going to be pretty badass, right? They don't even need a name. They're just mysteriously called the Order. The Order, which, <laughs> it's kind of dumb because it seems as if the Order consists of, of Cat and then one other person. I think in order to earn that uh, distinction of being called the Order and having no other name, it needs to be a, a much larger, sidey, underground-type thing. But uh, no, that's not what this ever feels like. The head of the Order is a man by the name of Virgil. Virgil, who we click, quick, quite, quite quickly learn, quick, 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 is, in fact, Dante's twin brother. <laughs> that's one of those ridiculousnesses as well where Dante meets Virgil and just like, oh, hey, how's it going? Pleased to meet you. Uh, nice to be here at the Order. Anyways, uh, I'm going to hit the road. Uh, please uh, do validate. You know, things along that line. Does not realize, looking at this guy, that it's his twin brother. It has to be explained to him. Uh -huh. And uh, there's a whole section involving how this came about, how his memory was wiped, yada, yada, yada. It turns out that Dante and Virgil are the twin sons of a demon by the name of Sparta, uh -huh. as well as an angel by the name of I don't remember, because I didn't write it down. So that makes us something called Nephilim, 
Nephilim, which is the, I guess you could say, spawn or babies of a demon and angel birthing, which, as you can imagine, gives us certain powers and abilities. Yes, I love powers and abilities in a video game. It's one of my favorite things. On that note, a little tiny bit of an RPG feel in this, just in the sense of upgrading. You never actually really upgrade your character, per se. A little bit, a little bit. Most of your upgrades are done through your weapons, because you have quite a number of weapons at your disposal that you can sort of add points and abilities to along the way, which was fun. Uh, I focused a lot on my guns because I enjoy mixing guns with swords and your swords of swords or sharp things. Let's just call them sharp things. Swords and sharp. Guns and sharp things. Guns and sharp things. So, um, now we've sort of banded together, us three, in order to stop this Mundus and his demons from taking over the globe any further than they already have, which is pretty far, pretty far. Which, at that point, sets it up for a quest. Yes, a quest. This whole game has a feeling of a quest in the sense that you're traveling from point A to B, B to C, etc. There's sort of logical reasons that you're stopping at each of these points and completing missions. Now, that quote-unquote logic that I just mentioned is, again, fitting in with that sort of Japanese, um, magical, um, ridiculous, doesn't really make sense, even though they explain why you have to do these things. Whatever, I, I went along with it. You're going to need some suspension of your dis disbelief in a game such as this. There is no doubting that. It's almost as if there are uh, a series of steps laid out that you have to complete in order to finally go against Mundus. Otherwise, if you just went right to him, you'd be doomed to failure. That, that sort of idea. The steps are laid out in what these characters consider logical manner, which I suppose is, sort of. Uh, I think because I am too close to work to really get into the steps and finish up this talk, what I will do is take a brief break. A brief break. And then... After I have completed my workday, I will come back and we'll, we, we will talk of the steps and the ends and things such as that. Things such as that. That will, of course, leave something to say, which I often say before heading into work, and that is... Oh, my God. Look at her butt. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Eight hours of work completed. This is the song we sing when work done. Uh, yeah, that was uh something. Not sure what. Well, I guess it was indicated in the song what it is, although it's never happened before quite like that, so... I don't know what to tell you. What I should tell you is these sort of quests, a.k.a. steps, involved in order to beat Mundus. Ah, uh, Mundus. You had it coming, my friend. Or, rather, my enemy. Mm. Who? Oh, you know what? I don't think I mentioned this. My enemy who killed my mother. Huh? 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 
yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess maybe I should have mentioned that. That's kind of why Dante, who's this sort of emo-y, which I already mentioned, uh, kind of laid back, doesn't care about anything, why he decides to hook up with this, the Order, and uh, kick some Mundus ass, because they killed his mom. And as far as protagonists in action things, you don't want to kill their parents, because, well, look at Batman. And that is, like, the worst, or the best case scenario, depending on uh, how you look at it. Okay, step one, or I don't know if these are in order, or I skipped some, and, or added some. Probably didn't add some. <laughs> I probably didn't just make up ones. But step one, we're going to go to the virility plant, the plant in which the delicious energy drink virility is made. Aha, uh -huh. why not? I can't remember why. There was a logical reason, I can assure you. It is at this juncture unknown to me for the reason that the quote-unquote logic is not memorable, for the reason that it's not really there too, too much. This uh, virility is made of the sort of leavings of a succubus. Ooh, a succubus. I like and have seen many succubi, because that's the plural, in video games. However, this one let me down in that it was hideous. And succubi, again, that's the plural, are uh, usually super, super hot and sexy and just oozing sex appeal. This one was hideous. Probably one of, if not the most hideous bad guy to behold within this game, which is going against the type. So I guess we'll give him points for that. One thing I may or may not take away points for is the fact that this scenario here is totally 100% ripped off from Slurm. If you are unfamiliar with Slurm, it is a drink from the television show Futurama that, when consumed, is like super, super addictive and you kind of lose control of your inhibitions as far as your desire to drink slurm, it comes from the rear end of a hideous-to-behold slug. Yeah. And you know what? This succubus looked a lot like the slug that makes slurm. And so, 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 so very many similarities between the virility succubus and slurm queen slug thing that uh, it's just uh, it's just ridiculous how blatantly stolen it is. So yeah, I guess we'll take a point off, but maybe we'll add it right back again for the reason that perhaps it's a sort of tip of the cap to the show Futurama. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm open-minded. That's a, that's a possibility that does exist. So hey, why not? Jordan, mental note, perhaps uh, Virility Succubus versus Slurm Slug as title. Okay, our next step, stop on this quest to defeat Mundi, no, Mundus, is to the Raptor News Tower. Huh. This is a news station. Kind of cool little idea that it's. I'm not actually going to the tower per se. I'm going to the limbo version of the tower that is in the reflection of the tower in waters. So, that kind of gives them the uh, ability to have everything kind of upside down and backwards and, and cool little uh, gameplay. Not so much gameplay as uh, visual stimuli that's kind of bass-ackwards, which uh, I like. We meet up in this 
tower with a quote-unquote man, although that is not 100% accurate, possibly demon, possibly who knows what, weird to behold thing by the name of Phineas, who wants us, when I say us, I'm using the video game us, meaning Dante and me playing as Dante, us, Oh boy, uh, to find his eye for the reason that it has been stolen by, I guess, Mundus? No, no, uh, by Bob Barbarus. Bob Barbus. You know what I think I've just realized is that the boss of this level, let's just boil it down, his name is Bob Barb... Bob Barbus. And if you say that correctly, it can easily be construed as Barbarus. Bob Barbarus. Barbarus. Huh. That's pretty cool. And I, the fact that I played through that entire level and that entire game without realizing it until I, I've seen it here, maybe it's because I have it written down. Maybe that's what sort of clicks it into place. I like a little wordplay. Yes, sir E, Bobby. Anyway, he's got to find his eye. So it's kind of cool. Uh, it's like half of his head is missing. And when you do find it, he kind of clicks it into place. It's got a very sort of steampunk vibe to it, and he can see things that others can't with his eye, things that help me progress through this level, because he kind of somehow, some way, uses his eye to show me these things. I think maybe, possibly, maybe, possibly, a little missed opportunity for Dante, aka me, the character playing, to have the ability to use this eye, whereas I'm kind of just standing beside a guy using the eye, and he's the one who's seeing all these cool things and showing them to me. What I think they could have done is used it a little bit like the Batman detective mode. Potential there, potential there. It would have been uh, difficult to implement, because that's sort of a... Within Batman, the game is, geez, practically built around detective mode. So, still, it's a thought, so I throw it out there. Coolness in this, again, we'll just call it level built around flying through the uh, news logo, uh, almost as if I'm kind of in TV, in the TV. In fact, the final boss battle with Bob Barbarus, Bob Barbarus, oh, now I'm finding it difficult to say anything but Barbarus. Oh, whatever. Uh, takes place kind of in a TV where he's like a giant floating head. Uh, I enjoy a good giant floating head boss. Again, been done before. I can't think of an example readily, but... I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, periodically during that boss fight, kind of cool in that uh, it would sort of switch views to where it was as if it was a newscast being performed live and I was part of it, almost from the angle of like a news chopper. Yeah, very, very cool idea and have never seen anything like it. Hence the mentioning of it in an approvally-ish way. Hmm. Eventually I do defeat Bar Bob Barbas. Oh, boy. And we move on to our next thing that must be done. Oh, um, see, I'm not sure if I'm getting the order right here. <laughs> the order. For example, the order is um, having a bit of an invasion by the SWAT team. Oh, baby. Mundus has a shit ton of resources behind him. So, within the actual real world, he sends the SWAT team Within Limbo, I guess he sends, you know, demons and such. It's during this course of events that Cat, my possible love interest, is captured. Oh, fuck. How do we get her back? There's no way we're going to get her back. Well, I'll tell you what we do. Because we learned, we learned the news within the Raptor News Tower that Mundus 
has impregnated a demon lady, his demon spawn would be a perfect opportunity to uh, kidnap that thing and then say, hey, we want Cat back. We'll exchange her for this woman in your unborn demon spawn. Deal or no deal? He goes for the deal, and uh, I should note on that that in order to capture this demony girl, who, oh, I even made a note, didn't I? She looked like, if you've ever seen the movie, Star Trek Insurrection, F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> this is a friggin' deep pull, and, I, and if you know what I'm talking about, your nerdish level is, is quite high. F. Murray Abraham had girls who would work on his face, uh, and they were sort of... As if their face were, the skin of their faces was pulled very, very taut in a sort of um, uber facial reconstruction to make them, um, I, I suppose, sexy for them. Uh, I don't know. There was a whole weird thing going on in that movie. Anyways, the girls looked like this uh, demon woman, or vice versa. This demon woman looked like those girls. So again, possible pull from a sci-fi in that case, movie, whereas the slurm from a show. So, you know, interesting. Yes? Yes. That was a very, very interesting fight for the reason that I wasn't so much battling her. She was, I suppose, present, but I was rather battling her unborn baby. What? How is that even possible? It was fucked up. And one of the reasons that I have mentioned the bad guys, the demons, the bosses within this very, very cool to behold, and in this case, hideous. This is why I hesitated to say that Succubus was the most hideous boss. This might take it, for the reason that it's kind of hard to explain. I go to fight this girl, and then out of her stomach almost explodes this demon baby. It's got kind of a, a little bit of a baby body. Uh, the definite facial features are that of a baby, but sort of hideously morphed. And I'm saying all these things, baby. It was, you know, four times the size of myself. It was like a giant baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the mother was actually sort of sucked in to this baby's belly, I guess, through the umbilical cord. So it was almost as if they switched positions a little bit, but grew for the reason that, say, the woman's like a normal-sized woman. And then this baby exploded around her and sucked into the belly. Uh, <laughs> just saying this out loud makes me realize how incredibly fucked up that battle was. But fun. But fun. So I won, obviously. Ended up capturing this woman and, by association, her unborn babe that went back in for the reason that I suppose um, I kicked its ass. Yeah, it didn't like that. Went back inside to chillax for a while. Uh, an interesting thing about this trade is that Mundus kept his end of the bargain. Brought Cat, we had the trade, one of those scenarios of Cat walking towards us, this demon lady walking towards Mundus, and then Virgil, my twin brother, shoots the demon lady in the stomach and kills the unborn baby. It's a demon abortion by friggin' sniper rifle. Fucked up. That should have been a little hint at things to come. So obviously Mundin, Mundus is super, super pissed, and it is this anger which is sort of the chink in his armor. He unleashes fury, and in this unleashing of fury, 
he sort of weakened a little bit. A little bit, but not too, too much, because I still have to fight him. And it's one of those fights that I always find cool, and I really, really like, but kind of unrealistic. It's that fight where I'm on top of buildings, and he is the size of buildings. So that sort of sense of scale is cool, but, and we've done that in games so, so very many times. It's kind of like you're, you're facing his arms and head, that sort of idea. And I do win. It's a pretty tough battle, pretty tough battle. Gotta focus on his arms first, and then they sort of disappear, and then it's just his head. Uh, Mundus, the human-sized, is sort of inside this thing, this giant building-sized thing. Eventually I beat him. It was not too, too difficult. I did die a handful of times, just for the reason that I couldn't quite figure out that it would be good to use my sword on his arms and head rather than use my um, sickle things. Oh boy, whatever. Anyways, use your sword. <laughs> That's good advice just in general. Just in life, use your sword. So beat him, and then uh, it's over, right? The end, dot, 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 question mark? No, it's not, for the reason that Virgil sort of lets loose with the thought that, well, we've beaten the bad guy, the humans are free, or rather, now they are ours. Now we can control the humans and the entire globe. Dante's like, what the fuck? I thought we were fighting for revenge, for our dead mother, not to take over the world. I don't want to have any part of that. Let's fight now, you and me. That fight... Sort of hard, not really. Didn't feel like too much of an end boss battle. But what are you going to do? Needless to say, I win, and presumably Cat and I live happily ever after. The end. No less, the end. The end of that game. The end of this podcast by uh, association, I suppose. Oh, shit. You know what? Uh, so close to home and I almost forgot. Uh, I did have a second game to talk about, but uh, I don't really have time and I to be honest, didn't have too, too much to say about it, other than to say that it was pretty fucked up as well. It is something called, and you may have heard of this, especially if you have Steam, which I hope you do, called the uh, Surgery Simulator 2013. Aha. Uh-huh. Basically, what it is, is um, you are a surgeon and have to complete surgeries. However, the controls, if they can even be called controls are, they almost, you know what, I'm going to say what they are, and it almost sounds like it makes sense, but it's so, so incredibly difficult to control that uh, your patient's going to die. You know, just period. I don't, I don't actually know how to progress in this game. Uh, I'm still in the first surgery, and uh, I don't know how to complete said surgery, which is a heart transplant. Basically what it is, is, for some reason you're just using one hand, so, you know, one hand tied behind your back surgery, that's tough right there. The other thing is that you are using five keys on your keyboard to control your fingers. One key per finger. Huh? And then you're using the mouse and other keys to sort of rotate your hand and your wrist. So, incredibly, incredibly much more harder than it sounds than my description right there. Uh, It reminds me of something else called Quap, which again, if you are familiar with, you will know what I'm meaning. These are both things that I hope, if you do not know what I'm talking about, maybe just go online, check out, see the ridiculousness that they is. Uh, something cool is that Co-op is just a free-to-play, uh, nothing game. 
you can play it online. Just type in Quop. Q-W-O-P. Try it. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, this, available on Steam, they were having a Steam sale, as they do, was like two bucks. So, you know, there's fun to be had. Uh, I'll definitely try it some more, just to see if I can get back that first goddamn heart transplant. Although I don't know how it's humanly possible. But it must be, because there's, there's more levels. Anyways, folks. So we slip that in. Yeah, I love slipping things in. Whoa. Whoa. Hey. There's no need for that. I will say right now, as I like to do, that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Over the course of editing this particular episode, I have come to the realization that I forgot to actually rate DMC. Uh, you may wonder why usually when doing my talks, I will throw out the v review quite early. Uh, most people, professionals, would give their review at the end of the talk. However, I often indicate that if I don't do it early, I sometimes forget, as has happened here. I enter this into evidence um, of that happening. <sighs> Rating, I'm going to go uh, solid, solid, definitely 4 to 5. Uh, pretty easy for me to say that with no hesitation whatsoever. Um, end of program, again, nice to be nice to the nice, still. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.